Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And he swings, hits it high and deep and gone. Still going. Last time I said it was the end of the draft talk, but, you know, we had one more in us. I'm Arm Waiton. He's Jack McMullen. It's the call-up. And, you know, we were working on some draft grades for all 30 teams. And, you know, I texted you the other night, and I was just like, man, we should do another episode where we talk about every team's draft. And, and I'll be full disclosure. Big reason why I wanted to do another episode was we identified a lot of the teams that underswatted and got creative. And that was kind of our approach to the last episode. And then, you know, in the other draft episode that we did, we mostly just talked about the first round flew through the first round. I looked at the Washington nationals draft last week as we were writing up these draft grades and I looked at a few other drafts and I was like, man, I wish we talked more about these. So I really wanted to talk about the Washington nationals draft beyond Dylan Cruz. And I really wanted to talk about a few other drafts. And at that point I just realized, Hey, we should just we should just talk about all 30 real quick and give our grades out. So we'll do a, a couple minutes on each. You know, some will be super brief, but we wanted to give out our grades on all 30 teams and uh, highlight the article that's going to be live at justbaseball.com. Yeah, I mean it's it's a massive article. So we yes. had we had several guys really uh do great work on it. You and I worked on it. Ryan Miller, who's uh, one of our premier draft guys worked on it. And then Reese White, who does excellent prospect stuff, uh worked on it as well. He hammered out the NL West too. So we're gonna get into that. Yeah, it's gonna be like rapid fire. We're gonna go through. Um, but first, hey, new partner, Alt. Shout oh, out yeah. Alt. Yeah. Um Baseball card market heating up during the second half of the year. Only place to search for cards is altalt.xyz. Alt is the only platform that allows you to search all the major marketplaces and eBay at one time. Just download the free Alt app, again, ALT, type a player or card into the search bar, and Alt returns every graded card available for sale. Even better, you save your search and be notified every time that card is available. So if you're looking for, you know, a certain guy out of, you know, blank number, and that's not on the market right now, as soon as something does pop on the market, you are keyed in. You will never use another app for researching and buying baseball cards ever again. Go to the link in our episode description to sign up for your free alt.xyz account. Just baseball is your one-stop shop for baseball coverage. Uh, and I think alt might be your one-stop shop for things baseball card collecting related. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to do similar to like we used to do with with some of those segments on on cards to, to pick up. First of all, I'm going to have those alerts on for me because there's some cards I've been looking for, prospects I'm looking for. Everyone knows that I like to put my money where my mouth is on a lot of these guys. And 
Uh, alt is the easiest way to survey the market, be able to see which cards are you know, at the right price point. And then also being notified when one is on the market is huge because some of the players that I'm looking for are so obscure that, you know, or, or just are, are newer in product that you got to kind of wait and see. This is perfect. Also, using that link helps us out, lets them know that we sent you. And we will be kind of recommending some cards to to search on alts and potentially buy if you'd like to on there as well. I'm a sucker for streamlined stuff. And like, I think that's why mm-hmm. I like just baseball, not because I work there, but because it's streamlined baseball coverage. So I, I am a sucker for streamlined uh, baseball card coverage, which is excellent. So Absolutely. yeah, again, links in our episode description, alt.xyz. Let's jump in. And again, we're going to kind of like go not rapid fire. Like we'll stick on the teams that we really want to talk about. Um, and, and we talked about, you know, the couple of teams that drafted well. And we raved about the Blue Jays and and how they went with Namala and they underslotted Namala and they used that money elsewhere. So, you know, we'll mention the Blue Jays very quickly, but we won't spend too much time on that. We're going to go division by division. AL East, Baltimore. They had 21 picks. Uh, sorry, 22 picks, 13 of the 22 were pitchers. They took nine hitters, first five picks. Enrique Bradfield went 17th, the outfielder out of Vandy. Mac Horvath, another outfielder out of North Carolina, who I know you like. Jackson Bowmeister is one of the five guys in the top 10 rounds that has yet to sign. He was 63rd overall, right-hander out of Florida State. Kiefer Lord is a high strikeout, high walk guy, right-hander out of Washington. Uh, and then Tavian Yosenberger, who is an outfielder from Arkansas, those were the first five picks. They were incredibly college heavy. They took two LSU guys in the later half too. But I think Baltimore understands their proximity to a winning window and they want guys that can help them relatively quickly. And they also just do well with, with college guys. Of course, you could talk about Jackson Holiday, but they do yeah. really well identifying these college guys. Kobe Mayo is a high school example too, but you know, the, the Connor Norbies of the world in the second round. I mean, they, they just do so well there. Of course, like Kowser, Kerstad, we could go on and on. But there's a lot of guys that they've identified and done a good job, you know, drafting out of college. Cade Povich, another one that I know they didn't draft, but college guy that they identified and and bought low on. Uh, there's just a lot of guys from that mold. Bradfield, we talked about that pick has grown on me because of who drafted him. And I think that they can kind of help get him right offensively. They do a lot of things. Uh, I think they're very forward thinking on the offensive side of things. Horvath, as you mentioned, like that was one of my favorite picks that screams like the Norby pick of this year. I think that they're going to really get a lot out of Horvath. And I think that's going to be a steal there in that second round pick. As we're recording this, as you mentioned, Bowmister, like you think it's unlikely he signs. It's kind of dumb that I'm putting you on the spot for like, you're either going to be wrong or right because it's good. We're going to find out in the subsequent hours, but yeah, but I got a 50, 50 chance. It's really exciting. Yes, I think he doesn't sign. I think he's a draft eligible sophomore that goes back. He was underwhelming this past year. Bowmeister and Lord. And the reason I gave them a B here is because Bowmeister and Lord were two guys that underperformed this year. Yeah, they have great stuff. They struck out a bunch of guys, but like there were outings where they just did not have it. And those hurt the season numbers. Yeah, I was gonna say I think a B is fair. Lord is an interesting one because he pounds a strike zone with a fastball and a slider and but I don't know how much how much there is to dream on there. Like I, I'm with you. I think this was a a fine draft. What they get out of Bradfield will ultimately determine whether this was closer to an A or closer to a B. And right For now, sure. I, we we can only speak to what's in front of us. If they don't sign Bowmeister as well, it, it looks kind of like a B. But again, the Orioles seem to overperform whatever draft grades we anyone typically has for them. 
Yeah. And real quick, last thing on him, real last thing on Bradfield. Um, last three college guys they've taken with their first pick, they underslotted Kowser. Kowser was a mid-major masher, but the previous two guys were some of the brightest stars in college baseball at some of the biggest programs in Adley Rushman at Oregon State, Heston Kerstad at Arkansas. Like you mentioned Kerstad. I, I have faith in Bradfield because he was such a star talent at such a big program. They do a good job of IDing those guys that are some of the biggest names in college baseball. And they did that. Boston spread it out all over the place. 10 hitters, 12 pitchers that they took in 22 picks. Kyle Teal was their first pick. Nazan Zanatello was their second at 50 overall. They paid big money for Zanatello. Antonio Anderson, another high school shortstop. Matt Duffy, a right-hander out of Canisius. Mid-major, shout out uh, the Northeast and Canisius. And then they took Georgia Tech shortstop Christian Campbell in the fourth. Um, Kobe Olsen did this right up. He gave him a B plus. I think a lot of that has to do with Teal falling to them at 14. Yeah, you know, Teal falling to them was was pretty surprising. I, I'm a big Teal guy. He's going to be a top 100 prospect for us, you know, in our in our update. And that that started the draft on a great note. And then on top of that, Hein Bloom, you know, I'm I'm pretty critical of Hein Bloom, but the one thing that you can't knock him for is the drafting. He's done yeah. a great job with that. And, and now we're seeing Roman Anthony is the latest success story, not in the first round. Zanatello has got my attention because he's tooled up. He's very exciting. There's there's a lot to like there, and and they paid big bucks for him. They go with a pop up prep prospect there, and Antonio Anderson out of you know at, at North Atlanta High School in Georgia. Like that's an interesting player as well. And then you know I, I got to do a little bit more digging on Matt Duffy, but this is uh, this looks like it could be a pretty exciting class because you go with the best catcher in the draft and Kyle Teal at 14, and then you go with your high school upside guys that. You know, the Red Sox have done a good job of IDing lately. I think this this could easily, depending on how things go, I think you could you could very much have justified a an, an A minus uh, or or something around that range, uh, depending on you know how you feel about these high school guys. Looks have been limited on some of them, but I think you could justify an A minus here too. What's your check of the pulse on the Yankee draft? The Yankees had 18 picks, seven hitters, 10 pitchers, and a two-way guy at the tail end of the draft. George Lombard was a high school shortstop at a South Florida. He went 26th overall. Lombard was an interesting one, especially when you had Sammy Stafora still on, on the board. And I think everybody looked at, okay, New York State guy. His name is freaking Sammy Stafora. He's going to be perfect <laughs> with Anthony Rizzo and Anthony Volpe. Um, then they go Kyle Carr in the third round, left-hander out of Palomar College. Fourth round, Rock Riggio, second baseman out of Oklahoma State. Cade Smith in the sixth round, right-hander out of Mississippi State. And then Kiko Romero, first baseman from Arizona in the seventh round. They had one, they had two picks in the first 100. And they went with a high school shortstop that kind of felt like a reach. And had you ever heard of Palomar College before? <laughs> no. I had yeah. Not. Um. Yeah, it's uh it's it's an interesting interesting draft I think. Carr put up some big strikeout numbers in at Palomar College. Yeah. I don't have a ton of of data. I don't have a ton of numbers there. Uh, when he was on the Cape in 2022, which he could have seen a big tick up. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not totally sure, but he was you know mostly low 90s. The Yankees are not the best drafters in the world, so you know th- this is one of those where I look at Riggio, I'm like. I don't I don't love Rock Riggio, but that's a fourth round pick college guy that put up big numbers. So, like, that's fine. There's a lot of a lot of pressure on on George Lombard Jr. here to 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 be the player that they drafted him to be. And 
honestly, like there's, I thought that there was some other avenues they could have went at 26, knowing that they're not picking again till 97. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a pretty weird, it could go well. We'll see. Like, there's a lot of unknown. Obviously all of this is unknown. That's why draft grades are a little, a little funny, but at the same time, like a, a fun and necessary thing to do. Cause it's how do you, how do you approach it with what the, the hand that you're dealt? They were dealt a shitty hand. They went with a unique approach and, you know, I don't know if I totally would have went this route. So I would, I'd go see, but it, again, if Lombard ends up being great, then, then it's a good draft. So that they, they had a tough hand dealt from a bonus perspective, but immediate reaction felt underwhelming. I'm with yes. you. So, so that's where I go see, and it's, we're not giving people F's. We're not giving many teams a pluses. Like I, I think we'll range from a to C yeah, a to C plus C um, Tampa is the gold standard of drafting. They went with Braden Taylor at 19, third baseman at TCU, who they drafted and said, you're going to play some shortstop. Adrian Santana, 31st overall, Doral Academy in Florida. Then Colton Ledbetter, who is a really talented outfielder out of Mississippi State with the 55th overall pick. 88, the third round, they went Trey Morgan, the first baseman, the national champ at LSU. Morgan, I, I'm, I question like the got a ceiling offensively, but obviously he's an incredibly talented defensive first baseman and hit enough to be at the top of that LSU lineup. And then Hunter Haas shortstop at a and went 120. So a lot of college guys, a lot of high major college guys with Adrian Santana sprinkled in. I know you liked the Braden Taylor pick a lot. Um, I, I think they did a really good job grabbing proximity guys in this draft. Yeah. You know, I think they, they did a little bit of everything here. We, we saw them. Santana's a guy that, screams the Taylor Walls type to me, mm-hmm. which they love. You know, we've seen them go with Alika Williams, who they end up moving, but they, they like those kinds of guys too, especially when it's not there, when they have some other picks to 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 work with there. And they went offensive minded with Braden Taylor. And I think I think they ultimately didn't think that Taylor would be there. I mean, I, the, everything that I read and and the little that I was able to hear in regards to what the Rays were doing was working out a lot of high school guys and that's generally what they do, but they end up going the college route when Braden Taylor's there. And that's a bat that I really love. I mentioned how the swing is a little Yelich esque. I don't know if he's going to stick it short where they said he, where they drafted him as, but he could play third. I, I loved the get of Taylor at 19. I think he's a fringe top 100 guy. Santana again, really good glove switch hitter project, but at, at the very least you've got that glove first guy. And then Ledbetter was was one of my favorite guys to ID. I, I think Ledbetter is a steal at 55. I, I thought he could be a comp round guy. And, and to me, I think they they aced it. I, I, with those three picks, I thought they aced it to go college producer, high school guy that at the very least is glove first, but has plenty of projection at 2 million. And then Ledbetter with the, with the third pick that they have there. I thought that that was as good as it gets. And then Morgan, I know you you wonder about the upside. I do too, but he's supremely athletic, can play gold glove first base, can play some outfield, has some room to tap into more power, decent field to hit. Like that's your fourth selection. I, I think they, they they may have pulled off an A here. Yeah, I, I think they could have too. And 
it's funny because I give them the benefit of the doubt. Like I was ready to give them an A before this draft even started because they're that good at this. <laughs> and they're they're flub in the early rounds, I guess. You mentioned him, Malika Williams, their quote unquote flub, a 900 OPS and triple, and he is a big leaguer now. He just got called up. He'll make his big league debut uh, on Tuesday night in San Diego. So like, it, it's just crazy how good they are and the success rate that they have with this. Xavier Isaac was a who is that pick? Yep. And I now he's a top 100 prospect in the game. I Carson Williams, kind of same deal. It was like, who is that? Now he's a top 100 prospect in the game. They are that good at this. Well, Toronto. Oh, sorry. Yep. One last thing I wanted to mention. We, I liked Ledbetter so much that I mocked him to the race. There we go. Yeah. So. And he ended up going there. I mocked him in the comp round. They they were ended up able to get him at fifty five. But anyways, Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays. We've talked about him. Uh, Nineteen picks. They went nine hitters, ten pitchers. Arjun Namala was their first one at twenty. Uh, high school shortstop out of Florida. Jerron Watts Brown, right hander out of Oklahoma State. Big time stuff. Um, Landon Marutis was where they allocated that Namala money saved. He was fourth round right hander out of Calvary Christian in Florida. Connor O'Halloran, left hander out of Michigan, and Jace Baraffin, I think, outfielder from Arkansas. Um, Marutis, the more I dove in, the more I'm like, wow, this guy was end of the first round, beginning of the second talent that they grabbed in the fourth. This wasn't Brock Porter, who could have gone top 10 and went fourth, but this is a comp type talent that went fourth. Yeah. And, and, you know, same high school is, is Andrew Painter and, and a lot of other draft talent out of there and, and Irv Carter, some other guys as well. Marutis looks good. Six, 390 pounds, clean delivery fastball continued to tick up as we got closer and closer to the draft and more in the mid nineties. I thought that was a great get there too, to use the savings. And I was shocked that they saved, you know, Namal is a guy that I know we talked about it. We love that pick. I love the balance of Watts Brown and, and, and Maradis. Like I think one of those guys is going to work out. And then, you know, they, they kind of balance it out with some college arms as well after that. So I, I thought they did really well. I, I, I'd, I'd go, a a minus here just because at the end of the day it would be it hurts that they didn't have more picks so i'm not gonna it's hard to give them an a when they don't even have a second round pick but with what that they were dealt what do you think a minus i i gave them an a minus yeah i i think they did really well at the top of this draft and you know like it's so hard to know what's going on at the bottom of the draft unless you find guys that that jump out that that you got for cheap um jumping to the al central here the white Sox. i gave him a firm b jacob gonzalez 15th overall shortstop out of ole miss gonzalez is a really high floor college shortstop and i think they needed one of those um Grant Taylor, right-hander at LSU. They went 51st overall. 84th overall, Seth Keener, right-hander out of Wake Forest. Calvin Harris, how about it? Catcher from man. Ole Miss, fourth round. Uh, and then Christian Apoor was a Gulf Coast Community College guy, left-hander. Apoor they used overslot money to go get. Seventh round, they also signed a, a Chicagoland suburb guy in George Wolko, who's got a big league body already. As a high schooler, they they grabbed him, I think, for a million bucks um, when slot was like 250 in the seventh round. And then there were a couple of later picks that I really liked. Stanford leadoff man Eddie Park went and then Riku Nishida, I know, is the Oregon guy who's like five, eight. You want Pete Flaherty's like favorite guys hit with yeah. a wood bat in college. Weirdo. But uh, he sprayed the ball all over. I think they grabbed successful college guys later in the draft. 
they grabbed a successful college guy at the beginning of the draft. Um, and they just added to a bad system. So I, I gave him a firm B. Yeah, you know, they, they just need good prospects. Maybe not great. Just, they just need good prospects. I didn't love Jacob Gonzalez as a top seven, eight pick. I like him at 15. And, and th- that's a guy that's going to climb quickly. High probability, big leaguer. Boom. You, you got that. I, I think what puts them over the top for me, and by over the top, I just mean like above average on this draft class, is Grant Taylor. Taylor's got special stuff. And I know he's coming off a of TJ, okay, who isn't. And it's one TJ here. He'll, he'll miss kind of all of 23, and that was part of the reason why he wasn't able to pitch his way into the first round. But I was able to go back and watch some of his Cape starts. His last start on the Cape, which was exactly a year ago, he went six innings, 11 Ks, one run ball, and that was off of the back of another six shutout inning outing. He was fantastic on the Cape, sitting 94, uh, in some shorter outings, was up to 97. Fastball can get up to 99. I'm really interested to see how he comes back off TJ, but this could be a really nice get for them. And you can say what you want about the White Sox. They've done a decent job in the last couple drafts, at least, of identifying some better pitchers. Noah Schultz looks really good. Uh, yep. I think they may have done it again here with Grant Taylor. Yep. Um, all right, jumping to Cleveland here. I gave him an A-, and I, I think this is solely because of their first two picks. I thought they knocked the first two picks out of the freaking park. Ralphie Velasquez, catcher from Huntington Beach in California, went 23rd overall, 58th overall. Alex Clemmy, a left-hander from Rhode Island, went went to the Bishop Hedrickin School. Clemmy is a 6'6 lefty that was up to 99 at about 2,500 RPMs. How how the real quick, how the hell are these dudes second round picks nowadays? I just don't, I don't know. get it. Could you imagine a lefty throwing 99? Even back in our day, I could say where we're 25, but and I just turned 26. But when when you and I were 12, 13 years old watching our t- favorite team's draft, the lefty was throwing 99. He's going top three. No, he's fucking like Aiken and Tyler Kolek. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys were going right away. It's just uh, so wild that we've gotten here. Anyways, sorry to sorry to take us off the track there. No, no, no. I So they went college after that. Andrew Walters, right-hander out of Miami. CJ Kafis, another Miami Hurricane, an outfielder. And then Cooper Engel was the catcher at Clemson this past year. So they had five picks in the first four rounds. But... I gave him an A minus strictly because I think they found two guys that are unique cuts of what they have in that system. I mentioned it at the beginning of the write-up. Um, they grab pitchability oriented college arms and their stuff ticks up. I said Shane Bieber, Gavin Williams, Tanner Bybee, Logan Allen. Right. Those, those are four guys that are exactly that. They also like identifying bat to ball oriented center fielders. And they like bat-to-ball oriented shortstops, whether it's an international free agency or it's via the draft. Stephen Kwan, Will Brennan, Brian Rocchio, Angel Martinez. Velasquez totally bucks that trend. He's much more like DeLauder than he is Will Brennan, Stephen Kwan. And Clemmy bucks that trend. He's more like Tristan McKenzie than than he is Bieber and Bybee. Yeah. But Velasquez, I really like the bat. And that's why I was like, of course, the Guardians suck him. And then Walters, man. This guy's a data darling. Some of the, some, some, like this is one of those dudes kind of similar to Chase Davis. Some have him as a top, one of the top pitchers in the draft. Some don't even pay attention to him. He threw strikes. His, his release point kind of similar. We we're talking about Brian Wu in the Mariners episode, top prospects in the Mariner system. Low VAA, fastball takes off, crazy whiff numbers on the heater, sliders good, change up, barely threw it, but showed a decent feel for it when he did throw it. This is a guy that, 
again, this could be kind of another one of those guardian success stories. And then Kafis, I got some looks at in person on the Cape. Uh, the power didn't quite show itself the way I was hoping, but the feel to hit, as you mentioned, kind of fits the mold. He's definitely an above average hit tool guy. That's going to be a very, very good uh, bat to ball guy. I think almost immediately. I liked that pick a lot too. I thought I, I had a second late second round grade on Kafis from what I saw. So I thought that was a great get for them. I, I think they're borderline a here because I love Velasquez as well. I didn't have much on Clemmy, but given that he's a lefty with that kind of upside, you got to love that on top of getting Walters. I'd go a, I know you want a minus, but I'd go a. Yeah. I, I was probably conservative, but I just immediately defaulted like, okay, you're either a B or B plus. And if you're really good, you're an a minus. If you're not, you're a B minus. Um, I was harsh on Detroit. I went <laughs> C minus on Detroit. And I think that they did some good creative things. Jim Jarvis, Alabama shortstop in the 11th. Um, they, they paid Andrew Dunford in the 12th round, Georgia high school, right-hander. Um, I really like the Kevin McGonigal pick at 37th yeah. overall. I think McGonigal is a is a high floor high school bat. I think that hit tool is going to play right away. Um, Max Anderson, 45th overall. Paul Wilson, 76th overall. Carson Rucker, 107th overall. But the knock here is Clark when you had Langford on the board. How can yeah. you do that? This is yeah. not a good farm system. You got to add a top 20 prospect in the game if you have the money to do it. And they did. Yeah. So I think I mentioned I, I misspoke a, a few episodes ago when we were talking about the draft. And I said, you know, Scott Harris went college heavy last draft. Salavila last draft. Um, and they went college yeah. heavy. This is Scott Harris's first draft. I've said a lot of great things about Scott Harris. This it was interesting to see him draft. We got to let it play out because Scott Harris obviously has done a lot more in baseball than I have. But I didn't totally get it. I like Max Anderson a lot. I actually really like that pick. I've heard nothing but great things about the, the several Nebraska guys. Um, EVs are really strong. Bat-to-ball skills were really impressive. Numbers were great. I actually really, really like the Max Anderson pick. I like the McGonagall pick. I think otherwise they had a pretty darn good draft. I just it was really frustrating that they went Clark you know, for, for that amount of money when they could have went with Wyatt Langford. If Clark turns into a superstar, then, you know, he Scott Harris can have the laugh. We don't need to rehash the whole conversation, but I'm taking Wyatt Langford every single day of the week, not thinking twice about it, especially given where Detroit is at. But I think Detroit, you know, I know it wasn't Scott Harris's draft, but he's looking at like some of the top college guys they've taken recently you know, and said, hey, well, those guys were can't miss and you know, look how they've been. So and maybe that's, that's how he felt, but yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't have went Clark here, unfortunately, but Clark's still a very good prospect. We'll be top 50 guy on our update. And as yeah. there's no doubt in the talent. First round pick is going to have the greatest bearing on the draft grade, I think. Um, and then your creativity elsewhere, I, I think probably finishes the job. But when you, I don't know, when you fumble the bag like that at three, it's hard for me to give you above a, a C minus. Yeah. Um, Kansas City, Jared Perkins gave them a B minus. Jared Perkins does great stuff um, almost away from the ball field, hosting behind the seams on the Just Baseball Network. Great pod uh, about what these guys do to kind of get their mind off of baseball. Mm -hmm. um, nine hitters, 11 pitchers, a two-way guy at the end. Blake Mitchell was their uh, eighth overall pick, catcher at a Sinton High School in Texas. Blake Walters, a uh, Chicagoland right-hander uh, at a high school, 44th overall. Then they went an outfielder out of Louisiana Lafayette, Carson Roquefort. Hero Wyatt, right-hander out of Staples High School in Connecticut. And then a lefty from Vandy in Hunter Owen uh, in the fourth round. 
B minus. I think Jared was probably skewing negative after the Mitchell pick, and they did some good stuff after that. I thought Hero Wyatt was a good pick, that Connecticut right-hander who's got you know crazy stuff. But yeah, M- Mitchell's the one that makes it sour, I think. Yeah, and you know what? I didn't love the Mitchell pick. I think he could still be really good. We talked about that. But you know, when you save one million dollars, more than that, more than a million dollars on on the Mitchell selection, and it allows you to to go get Walters, who they gave two point eight, so they gave him almost all of those savings, and then used whatever was left of the savings to you know put that towards Hero Wyatt. This this we know this org needs pitching. The way I look at it is like, okay, in a vacuum, don't love the Mitchell pick. Don't like a high school catcher at eight. But if they traded back to, I, I don't know exactly what pick is a four nine value. Do you know off the top of your head? I don't. I think that's probably in like the 20 to 25 range. So let's say they traded the eighth pick for a, a pick in the 20s and then move their second round pick into the late first and move their, you know, the third pick into the early second. Like that's kind of what they did there. And, and I thought they executed well otherwise. Why it's very intriguing, and and Walters, you you spoke on him a little bit, like six four two ten, two point eight million dollars. Like th- this guy has big upside. They, they swung for the fences with some exciting high school arms. I think that's exactly what they needed to do. Would have maybe gone a different route from Mitchell, sure, but maybe not that many guys were willing to take a million underslot at that spot, and they liked Mitchell. So I'm okay with it. I, I'd give him a, a B minus, maybe even closer to a B. Four nine is almost exactly what Matt Shaw signed for at thirteen, and that was exactly slot value. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd definitely rather have Matt Shaw. Yeah, I think me too. Um, all right, let's jump to Minnesota here, and this could be a massive swing depending on what happens. I guess before you hear this podcast, we assume Walker Jenkins is going to sign with Minnesota before this five p.m. deadline. We're recording on Tuesday, the twenty fifth. Uh, They took Jenkins at five. That was like the biggest gift ever that Walker Jenkins fell to them at five. There was no other pick that made sense at five as soon as Jenkins fell. Um, Charlie Soto, I love the pick at 34th overall in the competitive balance round A. This dude has stuff out the ass. South Florida right-hander. Luke Keschel, second baseman out of Arizona State, went 49th overall to them. Brandon Winokur, high school outfielder from California, 82. And then Tanner Hall, who threw a ton of innings for Southern Miss this year, was the Friday guy. It was Hall and Waldrop that were the two best pitchers at Southern Miss in 22. Hall stayed put in Hattiesburg. Waldrop, we'll talk about uh, a little bit later with the Braves, but Hall went 114. I've got it B plus right now um, based on, you know, like lack of, I guess, sex appeal after the first five picks. Um, but this drops from B plus to D plus if yeah. Jenkins doesn't sign. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a disaster if they don't sign Jenkins because you look at what they're going to get. You know, you get the comp pick back. Sure. You're not going to get a player very unlikely that you get a player of Jenkins talent falling to you again next year. I, I think they know that. I think it's very unlikely that they don't sign him. It'll be really funny, though, if, you know, by the time this episode's out that they didn't, because that'll kind of show you how shocked we will truly be. Uh, also, Walker Jenkins and Vance Honeycutt next year sharing an outfield in North Carolina would be nuts. I know. I wouldn't hate seeing Walker Jenkins go to school with <laughs> the electric. But yeah, I mean, I, for, there's been reports that, you know, he wants to go to school. I know Peter was talking about that, too. And like he's so I'm sure he has a number. And if they're not meeting it, like, He's not going to budge. So I'm sure that's a little game of chicken and the twins will obviously cave. Like he knows, he knows the leverage he has right here. He has no business falling to five there. And uh, they're not getting somebody that good next year. They're just not, I, I don't see it happening, but 
you said, is it pronounced Cashel or Keishel? I think it's Cashel. Cashel. Great contact rates. Uh, good field to hit. High floor, middle infield guy. I, I thought they did well. I, I love the upside to get Soto and, and Jenkins. That alone, I think, puts them, you know, at a B plus. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, all right. AL West. How do we want to do? Do we want to split it into American League and National League or no? I think we can fly through these. Yeah, let's just rip it. AL West, Houston, 12 hitters, eight pitchers. Bryce Matthews, shortstop in Nebraska, went 28th overall to them. Alonzo Treadwell, right-hander out of UCLA, went 61st. Jake Bloss was the biggest pitcher of the year. He was the 99th overall pick out of Georgetown. Cam Fisher, an outfielder out of UNC Charlotte. And then Chase Jaworski, uh, a Colorado high school shortstop, were their first five picks. Bryce Matthews was interesting. Bryce Matthews... He was almost, I don't want to say one-year wonder because he was like mid-800s OPS through his first two years, but he exploded this year. I always kind of view those guys as like the Mitch Trubisky's. Like, yeah. how good really are you? Yeah. Um, so they, they took a one-year guy, but listen, it's the Astros. They know what they're doing. Jake Bloss was a really interesting one to me because the Big East is not a power conference in college baseball whatsoever. But Bloss was an SEC caliber pitcher throwing in the Big East, and he dominated. And, and the big thing with boss is the velocity ticked up as the year went on and, and he got better and better and better. I, I, I liked that pick a lot. That might've been my favorite pick they made. Threadwell is a pure projection thing. He's six, seven. I think there's a lot to figure out there, but again, the, the one thing the Astros do really well is you know, get those cameras set up, optimize the mechanics and get more out of you. So if they see something there, they see something there. Bryce Matthews was a very Greg Jones pick to me. You know, yeah. when the Rays went with Greg Jones, Bet on your development system. Go for a crazy athlete. He was a you know, legitimate football uh, prospect as well. We'll have to wait and see on Matthews. This could just be one of those where I just think with the risk versus the risk in the first round versus the upside that they were able to to get or not get in the subsequent rounds. To me, I'm I'm with you on the C plus. It's they're gonna again. It's it's all in on the development. Let's see how they develop. If, if they develop well, then it's not a C plus. But as it stands right now. By talent accumulation, I'd go C plus. And we grade pure development. Uh, B minus for the LA Angels from me, because it's just so LA Angels. Like it's all right, Perry's got a type. We're just ripping it. Nolan Shanwell, mid-major masher, went 11th overall, first baseman out of Florida Atlantic. Alberto Rios was their next pick. Pac-12 player of the year out of Stanford. Another college masher at 79th overall. Joe Redfield, outfielder out of Sam Houston State, same college that produced Colton Kowser. Chris Clark, they went with a Harvard right-hander in the fifth round. And then sixth round, they went with Cam Minacci. Uh, Last pitch of his college career was a... uh, walk-off blast from Tommy Tanks, um, right-hander out of Wake Forest. But Minachi had a really good year. Minachi is the Ben Joyce cut. They also took Ben Joyce's twin brother, Zach Joyce. <laughs> um, nice sentimental pick there. I don't know, like B-. minus. It was just super angels, and it didn't really excite me that much. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Like, I love I love Shanwell, but I was surprised that Shanwell got full slot at 11. I guess it shows you how much helium he had going into the draft, but... You know, Shanwell at 11, that's fine. I like I like the battle a lot. He's going to climb quickly. Rios is one of those guys that I really thought was getting overlooked because there, he was kind of getting the Ivan Melendez treatment, but I think that the hit tool is just going to translate. So I liked the Rios pick a lot, but yeah, I, I agree. This very Angels draft status quo B-. minus. Yeah. Uh, Oakland, 
I gave them a B minus. Um, I think they did some good things. I really like the Miles Naylor pick, 39th overall. I think adding a guy with that kind of family pedigree is good. And Miles Naylor happens to be a really good athlete, just like Bo. Uh, and Josh is frame-defying athlete as well. They took Jacob Wilson sixth overall. And we thought, alongside Clark, this was probably the reach of the draft. They saved a bunch of money. And they used that for Steven Echeverria, a high school right-hander out of New Jersey. And they pried him away from a Florida commitment. So I thought that was pretty good. I also loved that they took uh, Jonah Cox in, what yeah. was it, the fourth round? Or, no, not the fourth round, like the sixth. 11th round. Sixth. Yeah, sixth, sixth round. Um, Cox was, you know, kind of like the leader for Oral Roberts, brought them to Omaha as a guy that hit 412 with a 470 OBP and an 1100 OPS. So I like the Cox pick. I like the Echeverria pick, but I dock him to a B minus because there were many better players on the board that I think you could have underslotted before Jacob Wilson, who like, I, yes, really high floor, but I think a very capped ceiling. It, he feels very Nick magical. Yeah, I mean, if they're right about Wilson and we're wrong about Wilson, then it's a it's a good draft. But you know, I I I agree. I kind of see a lot of the same. There's more projection than Madrigal physically, but like, there's not a lot of reason to believe that he'll tap into said projection just yet. Uh, the Echeverria pick that's a big one where it's like, okay, if they if they I need an arm here at three million dollars that can really develop, then again, successful draft. I thought Lasco was not a bad pick. He's he can swing it from Rutgers. Interesting outfielder there. I'm with you on the B minus solid, you know, nothing, nothing one way or another too much. We just talked about the Seattle Mariners first five picks. We actually talked about all five of these guys, Colt Emerson, Ohio high school shortstop, Johnny Farmello, Virginia high school outfielder, Ty Pete, Georgia high school shortstop. And they went Ben Williamson, who was a master at William and Mary. And then Teddy McGraw, who's had two TJs since 2019 uh, right-hander out of Wake Forest. I thought this was an awesome draft. I ID'd Louisville Friday guy, Ryan Hawks, as well, who they took in the eighth round. When you can grab the Friday, I know it was an underwhelming Louisville team this year, but like when you can grab the Friday guy from one of the best programs in America, chances are he's got a lot of talent. Um, I just gave him a flat-out A. I thought this was one of the better drafts in baseball. Yeah, I mean, and they're in a position where like you, you better get an A. You have the 22nd, 29th, and 30th pick and the 57th pick, like – you better do well there uh, with with what you're dealt with, um, and yeah, you know, they they got pocket aces here. I would say so. I love the Emerson pick. Farmello's solid. Pete's a project, but you know that was the third of of three first round picks. I love the balancing out of Williamson though with the 57th overall pick because that's a high four college bat, as you mentioned. I'd go closer to A minus. We talked about how like it would have been nice to see maybe a college bat sprinkled in those three, but. They seem to do well with the high school guys. They must have seen something they really like in Ty Pete, who's volatile, but very talented. Either way, really good draft. The Rangers, I might have been harsh. And tell me if I was harsh with a C. Lankford was like the easiest pick ever at four. If Lankford got to Texas at four, they were going to take him. That's just how that worked. Lankford signed for slightly over slot. Their next pick was in the fourth round. They took a right-hander out of Santa Clara named Skylar Hales, who is... High 90s, he's a reliever immediately. Like, he's a reliever. Um, Alejandro Rosario is a guy that has stuff, but has, I think, a career ERA at Miami around six. It's six and a half. Here we go. Um, like, I don't There was just nothing really going on here after the Lankford pick. I thought the Lankford pick was easy. You could put a, a 10-year-old in, in the lead chair and say, oh, yeah, like that 
that guy's got crazy numbers at Florida. He was really good. Take him. Um, I, I thought this was kind of a chalk fourth overall pick. And then after that, they, they could have gotten way more creative and they didn't. Yeah, you know, I I would go C plus just because they got Wyatt Langford at four, even though I know it was an easy pick. He's still on their team. Yeah. Um, so it makes the class at least a little bit better. But I'm with you. Like, I know that they felt like they got one of the best players in the draft, if not the best player in the draft, besides Dylan Cruz. But people think he could be better, and maybe some within the org think he's better. Regardless, you get that guy, you're pumped. Their system's really damn good, and maybe they were taking that kind of angels approach of let's just get some, you know, relievers that we can fast track potentially. Yeah, or they swing took thirteen the pitchers and eighteen picks. Yeah, like, Rosario throws fuel, so that might just be a project. He sits ninety six, can get up to you know close to triple digits. That might just be their their approach. I don't have much on Isaac Tiger, but no. that could be an upside guy from Community Sick College. Name. I they, they underslotted him, so I don't know a ton there. It was a pretty weird draft. I think they just wanted to make sure they could sign Wyatt Langford, and then whatever the hell else happens is, is fine by them. Yeah. Um, all right, jumping to the National League now. The Atlanta Braves. They had what twenty-one picks, twelve pitchers, nineteen or uh, nine hitters. Twenty-fourth overall was Hurston Waldrip, right-hander out of Florida, that was slipping and sliding through the first round. Drew Hackenberg, right-hander out of Virginia Tech, went fifty-ninth uh, overall to them. Seventieth overall was Cade, I think Keller, uh, right-hander out of Campbell, K U E H L E R. I assume Keller. Uh, Saban Ceballos, shortstop out of Oregon. Ceballos had an awesome year with the Ducks, and then uh, fourth round Garrett Bauman, uh, high school right-hander from Florida. They went with some college guys, man. And Ceballos feels very Braden Shoemake. Um, Hurston Waldrop is he's as quick a riser as you need him to be, I think. Yeah, you know, I'm not the biggest Waldrop guy. So that that would dock me a little bit for that or dock them for me on, on the draft. But I like the other picks. I thought they using the savings to get Hackenberg. Like he's a very interesting arm. Um, you know, I don't know if I were pronouncing it. Are we going with Cure? I was gonna, Keller. I think Keller. it might be Keller. Keller, the kid from Campbell, though the numbers are really strong. He got full slot. You know, the data wise looked really good. I mean, fastballs mid nineties, sliders eighty six, eighty seven, sharp. He's short at five eleven, low release point. Like this could be a fun a fun project for them too, and he looks pretty good. I, cool. I thought that I thought they did well with the savings with Waldrip. I just don't love Waldrip, so for me, it's it's to be. Yeah, yeah, I could be B minus maybe. Um, the Marlins, though, you you did this right up here and you gave them a B plus. It took two high school arms with their first two picks. Noble Noble Meyer um, at a Jesuit high school in Oregon at 10th overall, 35th overall. They took arguably the best left-hander in the draft in Thomas White from Phillips Academy in Mass. Kemp Alderman, they went college bat after that. Outfielder out of Ole Miss. Brock Vradenberg, uh, 78th overall first baseman out of Michigan State. Then a lefty out of Nebraska, Emmett Olsen, uh, went 110th overall to them, too. High school right or high school arms followed by college bats it was a pretty interesting first four round strategy. I like it. I mean, they've struggled when they draft bats sixth overall. So, yeah. you know, if you want to go arms first and develop those because that's what you're leaning into your strength, do that and then go for the college bats later. I don't know if you happen to see, but off the top of your head, because I just want to see what you think he would have signed for if you didn't see it. Do you know what Thomas White ended up getting? He got what was slot? Can you tell me what slot is? Slot was two four two. What do you think Thomas White got? I was did he get th- 
did he get three? Four one. Oh my gosh. I'm Why? You, there were a lot of teams that were in on him, and and I think the Marlins ultimately ponied up and 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 felt really good about him. Lefty, six five, pounds of strike zone, multiple pitches. I, I like going with those two guys at the top. We'll see how the two bats do. I mean, some crazy power between those two, and you might as well go for that kind. You're not developing anybody offensively. <laughs> um, and then they went with a lot of arms later as well. I thought they did well. Lean into the strength. You get the best righty, high school righty. You get the best high school lefty. And a couple of college bats. I thought this was an easy B plus. Yeah. Um, all right. The Mets. You like the Colin Houck pick at 32. I don't know much about Colin Houck. Um, I really love this Sprout pick at 56. I thought that was an awesome selection. Sprout hit 101 in Omaha. And he might have been juiced up, but like, dude, 101's 101, man. And, and Sprout kicked ass. Nolan McLean, two-way player out of Oklahoma State, was an interesting pick, too. In the third round, uh, 101st overall, they went right-hander out of Nevada, Kate Morris. And then Wyatt Hudipole, uh right-hander out of UNC Charlotte. I thought the first two picks uh, were damn solid. Did you see, like, much creativity after that? You gave him a B. No, I saw almost no creativity. I, I saw I saw a team that was looking for the next Mike Vassell with the subsequent, like, five picks. But... <laughs> I love the Sprout pick. I, I think he could be better than Waldrip. I think he will potentially Same. be better than Waldrip. Hauk, to me, was tools across the board, uh, you know, slightly above average tools across the board, just gets overlooked. I did not like the McLean pick, and I thought that that kind of hurt them for me. This dude's not going to hit. He's not a two-way player. Right? There's way too much whiff there, so he's going to probably go to the mound. We haven't seen him pitch that much. You could point towards Kate Horton and see, oh, look how it went there. I, I don't know if he's that kind of arm. That was the one pick, you know, the more I looked into it, I didn't love the McLean pick as much. Um, and then they went with a lot of like lower ceiling college arms later on, though, mm. you know, I, I thought the kid from UNC Charlotte was was pretty decent. But yeah, yeah just just kind of a, a meh draft. But I love the, the Hawks broke combination at the top. Got you. Um, Phillies. He bit the bullet on Aiden Miller. Aiden Miller was slipping and sliding. Miller was probably 10 to 15 talent, um, but he fell to 27 for them. Uh, Florida high school shortstop. Uh, so they go and grab Miller. Uh, Devin Saltaban shortstop out of Hilo High School in Hawaii. Uh, Tayshawn Walton is a freak athlete, outfielder from IMG Academy. Then they went George Klassen, right-hander out of Minnesota, uh, and then a right-hander out of Missouri State, Jake Eddington. So the Phillies, 18 picks, 10 hitters, 8 pitchers. Miller boosts their grade immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, the Phillies, like, I, I don't know. They have such a thin system. Yeah. All their prospects were first round picks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. So it's really just like first round pick. And then everybody else like, hey, if you're good, you're good. Like Logan O'Hoppy was a 30th rounder. Ben Brown was like a 33rd rounder. So I, I don't know. The, the pop-ups come out of nowhere. We probably have no idea who the pop-up is in this draft, but did you think they did well with Miller? I thought they did well with Miller. There's there's a lot of risk there. Also, by the way, I wanted to mention with the Mets, Boston Barrow was was a nice get for them to oversaw okay. as well. Yeah, high school shortstop kind of helped, you know, helped solidify that B instead of a B minus for me. Yeah. Uh, but Phillies, I think Miller slipped because of some hit tool concerns. I don't think that the Phillies care that much. That late draft went for the upside, got the upside. But then it kind of strapped them cash wise the rest of the draft. And they, you know, were pretty, they didn't get that creative. They went pretty much slot for the rest of the guys and kind of just played it that way. So I thought they did fine. I thought they went with some upside on some underrated high school guys that weren't scouted entirely heavily. But yeah, I don't know. There just wasn't much creativity here. Yeah. 
I I'm totally with you. Um, all right, let's jump to Washington. You wrote this one up. You gave him a very high grade. Dylan Cruz, second overall. Uh, if you don't know, outfielder out of LSU, top 10 prospect in baseball. Yohandy Morales at 40, third baseman out of Miami. Then they go Travis Sikora, high school right-hander out of Texas. Andrew Pinckney, really talented outfielder out of Alabama. And Marcus Brown, a shortstop from Oklahoma State with their first five picks. You freaking love what the Nats did. I love it. I love They went top-heavy, maybe one of the more top-heavy drafts we've seen because they go Cruz, full slot, slightly above. Uh, Morales, that was a first-round talent, man. I know that there were some hit tool concerns. I was, yeah, I, I thought he was more of a back end first rounder, but I didn't think he was the 40th overall pick. He got well over a slot, and that's a first round talent to get. And then Travis Sakura, as far as I'm concerned, he's a first round talent. He got paid like one, two. He also got two six. Right hander out of Texas, your classic six six Texas right hander up to 90, you know, upper 90s, can fort yeah. with triple digits. To get that guy in the third round, that was really exciting. They had to punt on round six through 10 going $20,000 signing bonuses with all of those picks. But I think it's worth it with the upside that they, they got three first round talents. Yeah, they, they totally did. Um, it's hard to not give the Washington nationals, you know, an a minus or an a because of Cruz. Cruz. And then you got two other first round picks or yeah, first round talents totally. borderline. Like that's, and that's I like, it. and I like Pinckney too. Yeah. yeah so that's no slouch either. Um, all right, National League Central, the Cubs, 20 picks, 11 hitters, nine pitchers. Matt Shaw, shortstop from Maryland, who I know you really liked, 13th overall. Jackson Wiggins, who's one of the five guys taken in the first 10 rounds that has yet to sign. We will see what happens there. Wiggins, college guy, though, right-hander out of Arkansas. Josh Rivera, who was not the SEC Player of the Year, Cruz was, but Rivera um, was up there at Florida. He and Langford were kind of the two big boppers in that lineup, along with Caglione, whatever. 81st overall, Will Sanders, right-hander out of South Carolina. Uh, and then Michael Carrico, uh, catcher from Davidson, 149th overall. All five of their first five picks were D1 college guys. Yeah. Cubs wanted to do this. I loved I loved the Shaw pick. I mean, big power potential. He's not going to play short. He's going to play second or third, but big power. Wiggins kind of makes or breaks this class, though, right? Like, that, that's ultimately what it's going to be. Uh, and and the thing is, I'm not the biggest Wiggins guy in the world. We talked about how he struggled. Big arm. If they can develop him, then you know, there's something to like there. But, you know, we'll see. Rivera, I thought, was a good get. Sanders is solid. I, I think it's just a solid B. But, again, if they don't sign Wiggins, then – and that might slide a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ryan Miller gave him a B. Ryan Miller gave the Cincinnati Reds an A, and yes. I couldn't agree more. Eight hitters, 12 pitchers, one two-way guy taken. Uh, Rhett Lauder went seventh, right-hander out of Wake Forest. Ty Floyd, the right-hander out of LSU, who had a start to remember in Omaha, went 38th. 43rd, just like Cam Collier last year, they took the slider of the draft in Sammy Stefora, um, shortstop out of uh, Walter Pennis High School in New York. Uh, Hunter Holland, lefty out of Arkansas, 74th overall. And then Cole Schoenwetter, 105th overall uh, high school right-hander out of the state of California. Louder and Floyd made this, but they grabbed a first-round guy that should have been a New York Yankee, 43rd overall as well. Yeah. I thought they crushed it. I mean, Stefora, I thought was a, you know, borderline late first rounder to save money on louder is crazy. Floyd was one of my favorite, you know, kind of quote unquote under the radar. Maybe he became very on the radar uh, college arms and, and that fastball is going to play. 
And then they they have enough savings to go get Sean Wetter, who's a very talented college arm or excuse me, high school arm out of California that they were able to you know sign away from from a commitment there. So they, I thought they I thought they aced this man. But between the high school talent and the college talent and the upside across the board, easy A for me. Yeah. Miller gave the Brewers a Ryan Miller gave the team that formerly inhabited Miller Park now Amfam um, a B. Brock Wilkin went 18th overall. They took 16 pitchers and 21 picks, but Brock Wilkin, third baseman at a Wake Forest, went 18th overall. Josh Noth, uh, 33rd overall, Long Island arm. Um, Mike Bove, third baseman out of Nebraska, Omaha. Um, guy that like is kind of positionless, a little bit like Wilkin. Uh, and then Eric Batanti, um, they they ponied up a little bit for him in the third round, 87th overall, uh, California high school shortstop. And then Jason Woodward, right-hander out of FGCU, 119th overall. Wilkin and Bove both are like third baseman, but they're kind of first baseman, but they're good bats. Yeah, and opposites. Um, I don't know if it's Bove or Bove, but... Um, Bove, I'm going to go with Bove. Uh, cool. Best, I think, arguably one of the best hit tools in the draft. I mean, elite, elite, elite bat to ball skills. And, and I thought that was actually a good get. I, I thought anyone who grabbed him in that range was uh, that's a solid pickup, high probability, big leaguer in some capacity. I just think Wilkin whiffs too much. I thought that was a reach at 18. Noth, high upside high school guy, you know, good to use the savings on, but. I, I'd trend closer to a B minus, maybe C plus. I just didn't like the Wilkin pick at 18. I didn't think they got enough upside otherwise uh, to balance it out. Um, all right. Jumping to Pittsburgh here. Uh, Paul Skeens, 1-1, right-hander out of LSU. Mitch Jeb, shortstop out of Michigan State, who I know people loved, 42nd overall in the competitive balance round B, 67th overall. They took Xander Mowith, 6'6", right-hander out of Belleville East High School uh, in Chicagoland. Garrett Forrester, third-round pick out of Arizona, third baseman out of Arizona State, went third round. And then Carlson Reed, a righty out of West Virginia. Skeens, best college pitching prospects in Strasburg. Mitch Jeb, Ryan Miller cited, has the chance to turn into a Brendan Donovan type where he's just a pure hitter, can play freaking everywhere. Yep. And Muith is a great lottery ticket to take. 6'6", six, six, stuff is nuts. Miller gave him a flat A, tons of bias there, obviously. Yeah. But it, I think that's like an A-minus draft. Yeah, yeah, he's a big, big Pirates guy. Uh, <laughs> but I I loved the Jeb pick. I, I agree with you there. I, I'd give him an A-minus. I thought they did great. Yeah. Um, all right, St. Louis, we're flying right now. This yeah. is a great go. Um, actually, do you want to spend the next 10 minutes talking about skeins? <laughs> no, we've, we've talked about any about skeins, but I will say a lot, one thing on Jeb 94% zone contact, like, yeah, like holy hell, man, that'll play. Um, all right, St. Louis, 19 picks, spread them out evenly, 10 hitters, nine pitchers. Chase Davis, 21st overall, outfielder out of Arizona. Then they went Travis Honeyman, an outfielder out of Boston College. Quinn Matthews, the guy that threw 295 pitches uh, in and out, and it felt like, what was it, 160 or something? Um, Quinn Matthews, lefty out of Stanford, went fourth round of them. Zach Levinson, uh, college outfielder out of Miami. And then Jason Sabakul, Gabagul, right-hander out of Maryland. Um Chase Davis was a guy that we mocked six to Oakland. The fact that St. Louis got him and he already has a couple hits at the complex is uh, cool. Chase Davis might be a steal, man. I mean, there's some people that really love him. We're seeing him already enter top 100 list. We're seeing him real high up on top 100 list because he's the data darling hitter. I like him a lot. I think that was a great get at 21. 
Honeyman is, I thought was a great get in the third round. I like the college route here. I thought they did well with, with, with the college guys they picked up and it was safe, but solid. I agree with the B plus grade. They've done well with that shit, man. So yeah, Miller gave him a B plus. And now we jump to the NL West, which was Reese White's domain. Flat A for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Tommy Troy at 12, shortstop out of Stanford. Gino Groover, third baseman out of NC State, 48th overall. Caden Grice, lefty out of Clemson, 64th. Jack Hurley, tons of pop, 80th overall outfielder out of Virginia Tech. And then Grayson Hitt, the lefty out of Alabama, uh, went 112th overall in the fourth round. Arizona went college heavy. They know their window opens right freaking now. They want guys that can get there really freaking quick. I, I love this is an A 100 percent Tommy Troy. I got to see plenty of him on the Cape and got to see him a little a little bit elsewhere and talk about a field of hit that's going to translate very quickly. Even if he doesn't stick it short, a good second baseman can play some third. Grover, I think was or Groover, I think was one of the most underrated prospects in the draft. Really good EVs, great contact rates, a transfer from a smaller school. So I think that kind of caused him to slide under the radar. Hurley's riskier. He's the riskiest of all of the, all of the, the three there, which is why he was drafted in the third round, but big power upside. So you, you offset with some more upside there. And then Grice, I, I thought it was interesting. They drafted him as a pitcher. He's got a huge arm. Of course, we know he's got big power at the plate, but I think he, he projects best as a pitcher and he could turn into something pretty nice there. I thought they aced it. Colorado. <laughs> Reese White's first sentence is like very funny. He gave him a firm C. Um, the Rockies understand that the best method to entice pitchers to come and pitch in Coors Field is by selecting them in the draft. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much spot on. Um, four of their first five, five picks were uh, college pitchers. The only other one was a college catcher. So the guy that's going to catch all the college pitchers. Dolander, ninth overall right-hander out of Tennessee. Chase Dolander. Sean Sullivan, lefty out of Wake, went second round. Uh, 65th overall was Cole Carrig, that catcher out of San Diego State. And a high schooler or a uh, right-hander out of South Carolina, Jack Mahoney, no high schooler, 77th overall. And then Isaiah Coupet, or Coupe, maybe he's a little Francais, uh, lefty out of Ohio State. College pitchers. Welcome to the yeah. Colorado Rocky experience. It's fine. You know, I I didn't I don't love Dolander at nine. I don't think that he's in the best spot to to flourish. Uh Sullivan has pitched well, but I think he's more of a college success prototype than a guy that's gonna translate, you know, really, really well professionally. But they just it was okay pick. I think Reese was a little harsh, but I, I think they're more of a C plus. Reese Reese was very harsh with the L.A. Dodgers. Very harsh. A D. Lowest grade that we've got for the L.A. Dodgers. Kendall George, high school outfielder from Texas, 36th overall. Jake Geloff, third baseman from Virginia, 60th overall. Then you go high school right-hander out of state of Tennessee, Brady Smith, uh, 95th. 127th overall in the fourth round. Lefty out of Florida State, Wyatt Crowell, Crowell, and then... uh, 136th overall, you go Dylan Campbell, the outfielder out of Texas, who hit the crap out of the ball this year. Campbell's good. Campbell's high floor outfielder, limited ceiling. Kendall George is, I think, where Reese had the issue. Um, eight hitters, 13 pitchers, one football player. Uh, they took DJ Uyangale with their last pick, the quarterback for Oregon State. Yeah, that makes it a D plus for me. Um, yeah, because he's actually talked about he's not going to play football professionally very long. I don't think he's going to end up coming and playing baseball. But no. I thought it was a little bit of a weird, a weird draft overall. Like George is a good prospect, but were they afraid that he wasn't going to be there at 60? Cause that's where most people had him going. So then they underswat him at 36, but they didn't save that much. 
And then they go Jake Geloff, who fell, you know, because I think there's some large hit tool concerns. And I'm not the biggest Geloff guy, even though he was incredibly productive. I, yeah, I, I don't love it. I think D is a little harsh. I'd go C minus because George could turn into a first, you know, show out as a first round talent. And there's a lot yeah. of upside there. So if there's something they like, you know, I'll defer to them a little bit on that. But yeah, you know, I, I just didn't love their approach. I know that they were strapped because of, you know, limited draft capital here, but I thought they could have went about it a little differently. For sure. Uh, San Diego, Dylan Head, outfielder out of Homewood Flossmore High School, South Chicago suburb, like true 80 grade runner. This is, I guess, last Abrams went, what, first round in 19? Abrams was an 80 runner out of high school. Um, obviously, Less hit, less power for Dylan Head, but another 80 runner out of high school that the Padres take with their first pick. Um, 96th overall, didn't pick again until the third round. J.D. Gonzalez, a, a catcher from uh, high school in San Juan, I think. Homer Bush, junior outfielder out of Grand Canyon, went in the fourth round. Uh, sixth round, Jay Bashirs, Bashirs, second baseman out of Duke. Uh, and then seventh round, Tucker Musgrove, a two-way player from the University of Mobile, which yeah. I assume is in Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Um, they didn't pick much at all to make impact. I thought Head was a good pick, and, and Reese White gave him a B-. minus. Yeah, you know, they swung for the fences with Head. And then, you know, Bush, very high floor, low ceiling type guy, minimal EVs, good athlete. And then, you know... We'll see, you know, what they what they've got there with JD Gonzalez. I, I thought it was, you know, just kind of a status quo draft. Uh, but the Padres do well with the draft. So uh status quo could be good for them. There we go. And then San Francisco to wrap up 12 hitters, eight pitchers, and a two-way guy. Two-way guy went 16th overall. Bryce Eldridge, uh high school Virginia guy. Um, I mean, what is it? He's high nineties on the hill and he's got some juice. Yep. Yep. There we go. Eldridge, um, Walker Martin. Colorado high school shortstop went second round um, 69th overall. I thought probably the second best lefty in the draft in Joe Whitman, left-hander out of Kent state, Cole Foster, Auburn shortstop, and then Maui Ahuna, the shortstop from Tennessee. We'll see if Ahuna signs. He was drafted in the fourth round. So this is another guy. I think this can be a big swing and Reese gave San Francisco a B. I would have honestly said B my or B plus or a minus. Yep. If Ahuna doesn't sign, I think I dropped down to a C plus. I'm I'm going B plus as well. I'm a little more bullish than Reese. Also, I thought the Martin pick was was a pretty nice get there. And then also, you mentioned Whitman. He was throwing on the cape leading into the draft. I and, really like Joe Whitman and, man. and boosted his stock with with a pretty standout start. Uh, he went five innings of of shutout ball, no walks, nine Ks, was sitting ninety three, and that's after you know throwing full season at Kent State. I, I think that really kind of was enough. I'm sure the Giants had a lot of scouts there where they said, Hey, let's, let's get this guy here. You know, let's, let's make it happen in the third round. He continuously pounds a strike zone, multiple pitches, six, four room for more. I, I thought that pick kind of put them over to the B plus territory for me. Yeah. Um, all right. That's it, man. We just walked through all 30 teams. We did it. We did it. And uh, if you enjoyed that, please leave a rating, help us grow the show, subscribe to our YouTube and if you missed the Mariners top prospects, check that out. That That is out on all platforms as well. Look forward to talking more prospects with you later this week. We're going to do some interviews with players, a lot more keeping up with just promotions, everything going on across the minor leagues as we get down to the final couple months here and the trade deadline where we will be talking about some of the prospects that get moved and how teams do on their returns. As always, thank you for listening. Look forward to talking prospects with you very soon.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.